With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Lamar, there's some prediction that there could be snow on a Saturday night. Um, obviously, the weather gets awful cold in Louisville, and there's some elements there. How, how much experience do you have playing in, in the snow? And zero, you've never done it. Zero experience. I never got to play in the snow, um, except my first time seeing snow in Louisville. But we had a snowball fight, so that's totally different from playing in it. But yeah, that, that definitely will be my first time playing playing football in the snow. Saturday. If it does, hopefully it don't. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, one of the few who would not be hoping for snow. We want snow. We love snow. We had plenty of snow two years ago for Colts Chiefs in Kansas City in the divisional round, which ended up being the final game of Andrew Luck's career. And before Lamar Jackson, Chris, says, I hope it doesn't snow, he may want to give a phone call to Patrick Mahomes. Not that Mahomes is going to be all that inclined to help a rival, but you never know. There's a code among quarterbacks. There's a brotherhood there. I don't know maybe about Mahomes that one. Lamar, <laughs> ma- ma- maybe, maybe Mahomes would tell Lamar Jackson, don't dismiss playing in the snow. You may decide you like it like I did, because before that day in January of 2019, Patrick Mahomes hadn't played in the snow, and he decided he likes it. Well, uh, you know, that day, too, uh, you know, again, you just said it. We were on the field. That was our first time, uh, only time, seeing Patrick Mahomes in person. And I know during pregame warm-ups, you know, there was Andrew Luck throwing the ball, and you're like, oh, hey, there's Andrew Luck. He's looking good. And then I walked down. Let me go watch Mahomes a little, just get a little closer look. And it was snowing pretty hard at that point. We were already frozen because we had done the rehearsal and got frozen before we did live TV. But he was throwing absolute missiles through the snow. I mean, the ball was just spinning so hard that, Mike, I've been around it my whole life. I went like I had to go like, you know, one of those where I had to adjust my eyes and go, wait, am I seeing that right? Let me watch another throw. Did the ball just spin that hard and that perfectly? And then I was like, oh, it did. And then it did. And then it did. But to your point, you're right about the snow. If it's not just an absolute blizzard down, you know, a foot on the ground and all that, the ball can actually be a little bit of a moisture and sticky in the snow. The referees don't just let it get soaked and wet and all that. You see quarterbacks always licking their hands and doing that to try to grip the football. Well, when there's a little snow in the air, it kind of does that for you, and it, it can lend to you feeling really good with the ball in your hand and that you can kind of manipulate it. Uh, any way you want to what you're saying. So that is real, but he hasn't done it yet. So he wouldn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, that's the thing. It was a, an epiphany for Mahomes, and it could be an epiphany for right. Jackson, depending upon the weather forecast. And we're still a few days out. The weather forecast will change and change some more and it will skew one way or the other. But yeah, one of the risks of playing football outdoors in Buffalo in January is drum roll. It may snow. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm having trouble remembering. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. A lot of things have gone on, and maybe I'm a little You're messed old. up. Yeah. Was that the game where there was a big giant doofus standing where he shouldn't be, and a referee ran into him? No, yeah, you are old. Something's feet. wrong with your memory. Game? I can't remember that. I, I, you are old. Something's <laughs> totally wrong. Yes, it was that game. Yes, I uh, got pushed by a ref. 
Uh, he swore Oh, I know. I, I know. That was just the setup. I didn't want you to see the punch coming. Um, <laughs> Very speaking well of punches, done. I, item of all business before we move on. Poll question posted yesterday at our Twitter account, the PFT Twitter account, over 10,000 votes. Is Nick Saban the best college coach ever or the best coach in any sport? Chris, we've heard plenty of talk about landslides that were actually landslides the other way. This is a, a true landslide. This is landslide in the original definition of the term. Best college coach ever, 91%. Best coach in any sport, 9%. So... Uh, I think our debate's been resolved by the people. I, I will embrace the will of the people as long as it agrees with my agenda. Well, I'm I, I not going to sit here and tell you abba, I, abba, abba, I believe abba. he's the best coach ever, but he's definitely in that conversation. I mean, he's right there. All right. That's all I was trying to say yesterday, and you know, you were trying to. People I don't know what you were saying. So either way, you just didn't want to give him credit the day after he was happy and won a national championship. I don't. He know. wasn't happy. That was the problem. Uh, he wasn't happy. That's what bothered me. He should at least smile. Be happy, man. Have a beer. I mean, come on. You just won the seventh uh, national championship of your career. Lighten up, Francis. That's what right. makes him him. Uh, let's let's get to it. Let's we do we it. learn a lot about. We learn a lot about coaches when they become head coaches, and Eric Bieniemy. one of these days, we think, we hope, will become a head coach at the National Football League level. Crazy development of the day comes courtesy of, and if I was going to tell you that one of the 32 NFL teams would give us what we would call the crazy development of the day, any given day, there's a pretty good chance it's the Texans right now, and crazy development of the day for yesterday comes from the Houston Texans, who have requested an interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, The same Eric Bieniemy that they weren't going to interview. And Chris, here's the difference. They blew their window to interview him during the Chiefs' bye week. So now, to interview Eric Bieniemy in order to repair, or at least try to repair, the relationship with quarterback Deshaun Watson, the Chiefs have to wait until, or the Texans, excuse me, have to wait until after the Chiefs are done, which may mean they have to wait until after the Super Bowl just to talk to the enemy. So the breaks on the coaching search have been slammed simply because they were too stubborn last week to give in to what Deshaun Watson wanted them to do. And now that they've decided to do it, they may not have a coach until... The early part of February. Well, I mean, you use stubborn. I'll use another word that begins with an S. And, you know, it's stupid. That, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I yeah. Sorry. I know. I, I thought about the other S word, too. I thought about it. It, it, it could have fit. I could have made it work. But but I, 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 I think that is the most mind-blowing thing of this whole conversation with what went on in Houston or going on in Houston. Would four brains be the other two words after that? Four brains? Four I guess never mind. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, but but I I, I yeah. Th that's where I'm like just I'm dumbfounded. You ask your franchise quarterback, you know, or do you want to be involved? Or either way, they have a conversation about him being involved in the process. Okay, you've done that. I don't even know if I necessarily agree with that either. I'll say that right off the bat too. You know, I'm not one for like, hey, let the quarterback be involved in the GM and the head coaching decision. Hey, it's one thing to let him. Let him know. You. I know. Well, I, I I know, but but it's one thing to <laughs> let him know. Like, okay, this is where we're going. It's another thing to be like, oh, you're involved in the decision. I've never really, I've never really heard that in any successful organization. Really, I, you can tell me if you, I'm but wrong. But they, but they did. But look, they did. Well, well look, look I got did. I got two I thoughts. Yeah, first, first they did. Secondly, and I feel very strongly about this because every once in a while there'll be a situation where it's Brett Favre or. Russell Wilson or somebody pipes up and and has a, a vision for what the team should do. I'm a firm believer that if you want that quarterback to act like a member of management on the shop floor and kind of be the emissary from the coaching staff who has a much better opportunity to get through to his teammates than coaches do. If you're going to kind of put an arm halfway around him and get him to be one of the, the folks running the show, you got to give him a seat at the table. Yet you, you have to listen to him. You have to include him or it's obvious you're just manipulating the situation. So that's why I think there should be a way that you do factor in the the uh, input from the quarterback. But but that's moot here because they did. 
That's what yes. made it worse. Right. They well, said, we're going to listen to you, and then they ignored him. That, that, that's where it makes no sense. So then the, there you go. We're going to listen to you. You're going to be part of the conversation. And then what? Like, okay. Then just interview Eric Bieniemy. That's the one guy we know for sure that Deshaun Watson wanted to be interviewed. So make that happen. You know, uh, appe you know appeal to your quarterback. Make him feel better about the situation a little bit. Whether you want to do it as an organization or not, you just do it because it's the right thing to do. So that is where it all has gone wrong. And now it's like, it, it's crazy because of everything you just said where you just sit here and go, okay, so now are they going to even be, are they going to be scared to even hire a coach in the meantime now because they didn't hire Eric B or, or interview Eric Bieniemy at some point? And they still are, of course, trying to, you know, fix this Deshaun Watson situation. To the, so they just stop everything now until they do that. So they can say, hey, we did Eric Bieniemy, but we're going to hire this guy. Sorry, Deshaun. I mean, that's where I just wonder right now. Are we stopping everything like you said? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing turn of events. This is the franchise that gave us three years ago the phrase, we can't have the inmates running the prison. And, the, and now all of a sudden they want to give Deshaun Watson the keys to the kingdom. It's amazing, this, this message and this reversal. And Nick Casario, the new GM, less than a week on the job, has to be asking himself, what the hell did I get myself into? And it makes me wonder how much farther they're willing to go to placate Deshaun Watson, especially at a time when you have former players and the very well-respected Andre Johnson, one of the great receivers of his generation, one of the first stars that, that the Texans ever had in the organization, tweeting yesterday, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Ouch. Since Jack Easterby has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in and for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what's going on. Pathetic. Look. The someone is owner Cal McNair. And this reversal, unless it's the product of some bizarre effort by Jack Easterby to undo the damage, this effort to interview Eric Bieniemy, and we've heard names of other candidates who could possibly be a, be a calming influence if they get the job like a Jim Caldwell, this this could be a sign that Jack Easterby finally is going to get run out the door, although as of a week or so ago, it looked like he was getting run out the door. And then he went over to the owner's house and yada, yada, yada. He said the magic words. He kept the owner under his spell and it lasted at least for another week. But I, I, yeah, if I'm if I'm you know, if I'm Jack Easterby at a certain point, I got to ask myself, is this worth it? Am I going to be under siege for the entirety of my career in a job that I wasn't fit to have? Well, that sounds familiar. Anyway, anyway, back to Eric Bieniemy uh, and the Texans. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't believe they've gotten themselves to this point. No, I, I mean it's, it's, it's mind blowing. That's all you can really say about it. And I, I think the fact that you know Andre Johnson saying something like that, you know, and again we had the Arian Foster res response there. You know, Andre Johnson is one of the more calm, like cool collected guys you'd ever be around I mean they never really lost emotions other than one time in his career where he fought Cortland Finnegan while I was on the field which was actually a lot of fun to watch but other than that that's not known to be his demeanor it's not and he's never throughout his whole career or anything right Mike I don't know I don't remember ever Andre Johnson speaking out about anything and being controversial in any way like at all so for him to be saying this and he's a guy that's been around the organization a lot since he's been retired. He obviously doesn't like the way things look or are being run there either. And the Jack Easterby thing is one of the most curious things in the NFL right now. It's He's obviously and, got and a faction of people that like him. And then the rest of the league is just like, who the hell is this guy? What the hell has he ever done? And why is he here? And it, it is really strange. The faction is smaller and smaller, and the faction, most importantly, is one in Cal McNair. And I know people in Houston. I mean, this is a huge deal, and it's been a huge deal in local media there, sports talk, et cetera. Why is Jack Easterby in the job that he's in? I'm not saying the guy shouldn't be employed by an NFL team. I'm saying the guy does not have the qualifications or the credentials to hold the job that he has. And what bothered me is the—because, look, I, I grew up in a different time. I am old. But when I was 
making my way, one of the cardinal sins that you could commit was any type of puffery or falsification of your resume. And there was always an intense fear that if you did that, people were going to find out. And there was puffery in the background and the resume and the bio of Jack Easterby. That's what got him onto my radar screen. But somehow the Texans have been able to sweep that under the radar. Oh, Chris, that's way under the on. Yes. Uh, yeah. Somehow, <laughs> somehow they have done that. And uh, I don't know. But, but look, but let me just say this. Let me say this to anyone out there who is wondering, why do you guys have a problem with Jack Easterby? When you have someone in a job who isn't fit for that job, you are keeping people out of the job who are in the business who could do that job tremendously better. So I kind of acknowledged last week, and it wasn't kind of, it's like, hey, Texans, hey, if this is what you want, you get what you deserve. You know what you get? You get a franchise quarterback who doesn't want to be there anymore. That's what you get when you have someone as the executive VP of football operations who should not be in that job. This This is a product of it. Dysfunction flows from that kind of arrangement where you have someone in charge who shouldn't be in charge. Again, this is sounding eerily familiar. I don't, I don't want to go down that path. But, but when you put someone in charge of something who has no business being in charge of it, bad things are going to happen, well, period. Well, yes, and, and it's not like you and I have, like, uh, we circled his name on the big board here at NBC and we're like, let's pick on him tomorrow. That sounds fun. Let's open up the show. No, you know, as a whole, I don't really give a damn about Jack Easterby. But the fact of the matter is why we're talking about it is because it is news in the NFL. This is what's being talked about in the NFL. You know, through anybody, the insiders, you know, coaches who are done with this season or just paying attention to the league right now. I mean, everybody's what's going on in Houston. What the hell's the deal with Jack Easterby? That is the chatter. So that's why we're talking about it. It's not like we've just gone in this and then Pete Dimalitalitis was just like, hey, let's start the show out talking about Jack Easterby and see where it goes. No, this is a real subject going on, you know, throughout the NFL. He is the dog who chased the car and caught it and regrets chasing the car and should regret chasing the car. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. And 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 these hey, look, if the, the Texans want to be dysfunctional, that's their business. If Cal McNair wants to continue to preside over this mess, that's his business. But they're setting it up now Two two options, two options. You either wait until after the Super Bowl, if the Chiefs make it that far to interview Eric Bieniemy before deciding who your coach is going to be. Meanwhile, other candidates you may have hired are going to go elsewhere or decide at ah, not this cycle. It's February. We will wait. Thank you very much. Or number two, they're going to have some awkward exit from their interest in Eric Bieniemy, and it's going to make things worse with Deshaun Watson. And one thing we still don't know is whether or not there's any way to lure him back. It may be that he's the kind of person who once he decides you're dead to me, you're dead to him. There's no going back. It's possible for Deshaun Watson, even if they would hire Eric Bieniemy today, although they can't, there's no going back. And he's leery now about what it all means and are they just trying to put out the brush fire before they go back to treating him and others the way that they were. Yeah, well, he's he's no dummy. I mean, he's not. You know, One, he's been disrespected here. Now he realizes that it's become an issue. Are they doing this just to, you know kiss my butt and make me feel good so we're all back in the trust tree together? Or are they doing it because they really believe it and they want to you know, be in this conversation with me and try to build something? Uh, that's where his feelings are hurt. And you're right. I, I don't think we're going to know the answer to his happiness there for a few more weeks until we start to see, yeah, who is going to be the head coach? Does he want to be a part of that? Did he sign off on that? Did Nick Casario and company just go, hey, yeah, we – we talked to Eric Bieniemy, liked him, but we're going to go with our guy. And now he's just going to go, wait, what the hell? I don't like that guy. I want out of here. I, I don't know. I don't think he's a guy that naturally wants to be like that or is like that. But when it comes to football and his career and everything like that, he might be. And I think if they keep pushing him towards the edge, he's going to push his way out of town if they don't you know, deal with this very delicately. Here's what's interesting to me before we move on. I had been able to gather some general information about where this all stands with Watson and what the issues are. And when I started to poke around on the question of whether or not 
it was possible for the Texans to fix this by hiring a coach who would connect with Deshaun Watson and undo the damage, it went radio silence. And I don't know how I should read that, but uh, one fair reading would be it just doesn't matter at this point. And, uh, you know, but we'll see how it all plays out for the Texans, for Deshaun Watson, and for Eric Bieniemy. And first, I mean, look, he may say no thank you. Who knows? Well, he may not. It's like, wait a minute. So, may, he may he may look at it. He's a smart guy. He yeah. may look at it and say, wait a minute. Y'all really didn't want me. You didn't want me. You're doing it because you're backed into a corner. I don't want a job under those circumstances. Right. I, I mean, yes. Uh, it, it's, it's it's all seems crazy. It's certainly not going to be like, oh, oh, he's not going to feel like, did you guys really want to interview me? Or did you just interview me because it became a spectacle down here and you know, this is the guy that, you know, the quarterback wanted and you didn't do it. Now you're doing it just to do that and, and put out that fire. I don't know. But hey, the last thing I'll say too, Mike, with the Deshaun Watson thing, if he's smart, he just continues to sit back. He is smart. I don't want to say if he's smart, but uh, sit back, evaluate the situation, see where it goes here with Houston. And as you know, let your, uh, let your agent play the back channels a little bit and let him start reaching out to teams maybe. Hey, we're not sure where this goes. In a month from now, there could be a chance he says the hell with this place. You know, I'm just letting you know. I don't know what it's going to take, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That, that, we know that goes on in the NFL, and, and, and I would think his camp would do that here uh, to get themselves prepared for whatever happens here in the next few weeks. Yeah, dirty little secret. All sorts of conversations between agents and teams that shouldn't happen from the perspective of the teams. The agents are allowed to do it. The teams have to rebuff it. But there are hypothetical discussions that occur all the time. And it doesn't take much creativity and language when you contact the general manager of another team. And I'm not even going to mention a team because I don't want anyone to think that I'm suggesting that anyone does this. Spoiler, they all do it. But you contact the general manager of a team and you say, you know, what would, what would, uh, uh, you know, a, a, and you describe the player without giving the name and the description fits. Yeah. You know, a guy who would happen to wear number four for the Houston Texans. What what would he be? Wor- yeah, and and that's how you interject that into the into the mainstream of the discussion within these other teams that may be interested. And that's how you get the word out that that there may be something there. The no trade clause is a powerful weapon for Deshaun Watson, though, because he can narrow the universe of destinations. Very much. And then what the Texans should do: you say to Deshaun Watson, "Tell us all the teams you're willing to play for," and then you have an auction if you're Houston of those teams. Come to us and tell, make us your best offer. And, uh, and because you don't you don't need the leverage that comes from saying we're keeping him if you have four, five, six teams that are all clamoring to get him. You just sit back and wait. You let them battle it out, and you're going to get a great offer that That's way. Right. Maybe headed in that direction. Yeah. And again, what we're doing here, we're trying to keep you ahead of the curve so you know which way the wind is blowing and where the puck is moving. And that's why we're talking about this because we believe based upon the events of the last week, it's going in this direction, even though the Texans are trying clumsily to get the toothpaste back into the tube. The Eagles are trying to find a head coach. And it was reported by inside the yesterday, Jeff Mosher of that organization reported that after Doug Peterson was fired by the Eagles on Monday, they contacted Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach. Now, I sat here yesterday, Chris, and I said that the circumstances make me think they know exactly who they're going to hire, and it's already lined up. I don't think part of the smokescreen would be a moonshot on a college coach who's likely to say, I'm fine here in my fiefdom with my $7.5 million a year salary and ultimate job security, and I don't have to deal with Philadelphia sports fans or Philadelphia media. that, That, to me, seems like the ultimate pipe dream for the Eagles. And it makes, and again, unless this is just some elaborate diversion to cover up the fact that they already know who they're going to hire and it's not Lincoln Riley. uh, It's, I I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And I've heard nothing to suggest he's going to be interested in that job. And I, I I don't know why, frankly, all due respect, if you're Lincoln Riley, I don't know if you're going to come to the NFL. I don't think that's the place you want to go right now. No, definitely not. And, you know, like you said, I mean, you'd be crazy to leave where you are right now. You're the king of the universe in Oklahoma. You know, you're getting seven and a half million dollars a year. You play in a conference where you're clearly the better team in the conference every year. It's not even close, really. 
and, and to go to Philadelphia, which is in like, uh, I mean, the owner said it. It's a total rebuild right now where they're at and the quarterback situation. And yes, like you said, the harshness of the Philadelphia situation, you know, and, and the fans and everything there. Uh, that would make no sense to me if I'm Lincoln Riley. And really on top of that, Mike, it makes no sense to me for Philadelphia. It really does not. I, I don't get it. You know, again, Cliff Kingsbury and that thing, you know, that's the same offense with Lincoln Riley. You know, the offense there is questionable in Arizona. I know statistically it's in the top 10 and everything like that. It feasted on the poor, and they have a quarterback that has a skill set that we've never seen in, like, the history of football. So that's why it works. I mean, you put one of the average NFL quarterbacks in that offense, and I don't know how things really look with that type of offense. So what tells you that's going to succeed in the NFL, okay? We've seen Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, anytime they play a good defense in the Final Four, Clemson, you know, one of the big teams, it doesn't really thrive. And – I. We got. They got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. I think they got to let that be known right now. That's where I think they got to figure this out. Is Carson Wentz going to be happy now that Doug Peterson's there? You know, how is this going to work? Because if Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback, Mike, I'd be more inclined to go. Let's go the Baltimore Ravens approach and build an offense like that and let him be that as he grows to be a thrower and a passer in the NFL, which we saw, you know, he has the possibility to do. So uh, that's crazy. But I don't know that one. I don't want the Eagles to figure out their quarterback situation without a coach, though. The coach, to me, yes, should be part of it. Definitely. And this is, this yes. is where the interviews could become critical because your plan for – using the quarterbacks, which guy you want, what you would do to repair Carson Wentz, right. what you would do to maximize Jalen Hurts, how you would go about handling it, would you have an open competition? It's almost like the, the person who says the right thing. Yeah, it could lead the organization down Lurie the right and road. Howie Roseman. Right. And, and, and maybe they know what they want, and they're just going to look for the coach who has a plan that meshes with what they want. Yeah. This is I, I, Look, they won the Super Bowl three years ago. It's been a successful franchise. I wouldn't. I've had a day and a half to think about this now. I wouldn't touch that job right now. I would not touch that job. I hear you. Because you're in a no-win situation. And another thing to remember, coaches in that broader fraternity are sensitive to the circumstances surrounding the way it ended for the last coach because that could be me. And the idea that Doug Peterson took the team to the playoffs three straight years, won a Super Bowl, and he gets thrown overboard, that could be me. Like, what's going on in this organization that results in a coach who, by all appearances, should still be on the job, isn't on the job? And I think that's something that, in a compressed time frame, you need to get to the bottom of if you're considering taking that job. I, and maybe you'll be happy with the answer. But that, for damn sure is is a critical aspect of figuring out whether or not you want this job because you're standing in Doug Peterson's shoes if you take it, Chris. Well, yeah, definitely. And well, also, I, I want to know who who makes the call in the quarterback situation. That, that's where I'd like to know, too. Just who makes that call? Is that a Jeffrey Lurie call? Is that a Howie Roseman call? Like, I, that's where I don't understand it either. So, you know, at at some point, yeah, I mean, you're right, Mike. It's kind of got to be a collective decision there. With the, who would they hire? Okay, wait, we're going to hire you. We'd like to go with this quarterback. Oh, wait, you want to use this quarterback? I don't know. They, they're going to have to figure that out. It's going to be part of the process. But I'm with you. That job is not appealing right now in, in, in no shape or form at all. So I, I don't know where that goes. But, um, yeah, I, I, Lincoln Riley makes no sense to me, Mike. Another job that is still available, and frankly at this point all seven of them still are, the Jets bringing in Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator, for a second interview, I got no problem with Robert Sala. And if someone's going to hire a defensive coach in this cycle, he's the guy for the job. Yeah. But but I'm I'm projecting this forward. Let's spin it ahead. I know what you're going to say. Sala comes in, hires an offensive coordinator. That's right. They get the most out of Sam Darnold. They turn him into a star. The Jets are on the right track, and the offensive coordinator is a head coach somewhere else. Yeah. And you got to find somebody else to work with Sam Darnold now. Right. Uh, no, thank you. Especially with Darnold. Of, of all the teams out there looking for coaches, this is the one – well, I could make the argument for others too, but this is the one where you've got a quarterback where you don't know which way it's going to go. 
And if you find a coach who can turn Sam Darnold into what they envisioned him to be, great. But if that coach slash offensive coordinator is going to be walking out the door in a year or two as his reward for fixing Sam Darnold, you're right back where you were potentially. So so that that's my hesitation if I'm the Jets when it comes to any defensive coach. Yeah, I I, I think that's you know thought number one. I, w- I was having a, a text message with, with a friend in the NFL last night about that same conversation, Mike. First off, I think Salah is in the inside track to be the head coach of the New York Jets. In fact, I would be surprised if that did not happen from what I've been led to believe. And then the other aspect of that is um, you're exactly right. You got to have a succession plan. We've seen it too many times here, you know, the last few years with coaches where, oh, wait, I lost my original offensive coordinator. He's gone. And now my team isn't nearly as good and we fall off in a hurry. There's got to be something there that as an organization, you got to ask, okay, like, listen, hey, Robert Sala, let's just use him as an example. You're going to bring this guy in as your offensive coordinator, blah, blah, blah. We got to have a plan set forth, whether that's, hey, the offensive coordinator, you can, you bring, you can bring, you know, one of your favorite assistants, but part of the job is that if you leave to take a job, he gets to take over and run that offense that you have implemented here in that team. There's got to be some conversation like that to save the team, like you're saying, to where everything doesn't fall apart, you know, once one of the members of the coaching staff leaves, specifically in the offense, like we're, like you're saying. There was so much momentum pointing towards Sala getting the Lions job since he's from Michigan. I'd love to know the real story there. And the Lions have basically just fallen off the map. We, like, where are they? Does anybody it? know what the Lions None. are going to do? I was just going to say, I got no clue. I haven't heard one rumor. I have no idea what the Lions are doing. Well, what tends to happen is one domino falls and then the others start to fall as well. Last night, I got word that the Jaguars and former Ohio State and Florida coach Urban Meyer are moving toward getting a deal done. Now, nothing is done until it's done. We learned that three years ago with Josh McDaniels not leaving the Patriots for the Colts. But the chatter among the NFL coaching fraternity as of late last night was it's moving toward Urban Meyer paired up with interim Jaguars GM Trent Baalke as the new GM setting the table for Meyer with Meyer in charge of the football operation. That could be happening pretty much at any time. And with Meyer, you never know what's ultimately going to happen. Someone I trust says, I think it's going to get right up to the brink and he's not going to take it. And we've seen that before. Bill Parcells did that to Tampa Bay 19 years ago, where everything is pointing in one direction. And when it's time to put pen to paper, the guy just can't do it just like Josh McDaniels. Although the difference here is they don't have to wait for Urban Meyer. They can find out now, are you putting pen to paper? So until he does, it's not done. But there's a sense that that's where it's moving. Towards. Well, I, it seems like anybody you talk to, that yes, that's where it's going. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's Jacksonville's number one spot. Urban Meyer you know, seems to be flirting with it you know, tremendously. And, and it makes a lot of sense from every aspect altogether. But yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go either way, you know, like you said, or Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has a track record of being worn out and stressed out. And, man, how many shows have I watched of him and his family talking about those issues after a few years? And college football is a pain in the butt. NFL, like you talked about yesterday when we were having the Saban conversation and all of those type of things, it's a different animal. It really is. It might not be as the pain in the butt because you don't have to recruit all all year round, but the intensity and the stress of the job is greater, and the scrutiny and just constantly under the microscope is greater than any college place you can you can go to. So that's where I would be worried about Urban Meyer as we go into the future. Can can he hang in there for more than two or three years and and really finish the job and build something there in Jacksonville? And one more twist on all this that that could be very telling moving forward. You know, anytime anyone says the Jaguars are going to play more games in London or may move to London at some point, the response has always been Shot Khan, the owner of the team, is trying to make major investments in the infrastructure around the stadium. Lot J is something we've been hearing about for a while. Yeah. Shot Khan spoke about it back in October. That that basically we need to have a vision for Jacksonville. We need to improve the, the overall perception of Jacksonville, we need, to, we need to revitalize and we need to expand and we need to do this and we need to do that. 
Jacksonville City Council voted down Lot J last night. It needed 152.7 million in public investment, and it wasn't even a close vote in Jacksonville's City Council. So Jacksonville doesn't share Shad Khan's vision for what needs to be done around the stadium, and that could be the first domino that leads toward a split schedule with London or who knows what else. Those are dynamics that Urban Meyer needs to fully understand before he puts pen to paper. And those are dynamics that maybe Trevor Lawrence understands before he says, don't draft me Jacksonville Jaguars. And look, folks, I'm not advocating anything here, but for years now, I've been led to believe this Lot J thing is the ultimate proof that Shad Khan is committed to Jacksonville. While Jacksonville isn't committed to Lot J, that that has to change the broader calculation, Chris. I, I would think so to a degree. I, you know, also though, I, I guess I, I wouldn't be too critical in reading it. It is a pandemic, you know. States, cities, they're they're in. They fi- said it's, but it's done. It's done now. No they chance. Said it's it's never going to happen again. They're pulling the plug on it. Wow. They, they're pulling the plug on it. Yeah, then that so, would scare me. It's okay, done. that would scare me yeah. a lot if I'm a Jaguars fan that you might lose a few more games or who knows what the hell happens from here. Look, at the end of the day, these football teams are businesses, and there's a little sleight of hand involved where they don't want the average fan to think it's a business because it makes you jaded and it makes you cynical, and that they want us all to be starry-eyed and think that there's some greater thing going on. You know, it's it's dollars and cents, and you want to make as most as much money as you can in return on the investment that you've made in the team. And if you think you can make more money somewhere else, especially if the local government is going to start telling you no, that's when you start looking for local governments that may tell you yes. And that's why we've seen a reshuffling of the deck with several franchises in recent years. So it's just something to keep an eye on if you are a fan of the NFL, a Jaguars fan, or our friends in the UK and Ireland, you may be getting more Jaguars games. And a couple of years ago, you may have groaned at that possibility. With Trevor Lawrence, you may be delighted by that possibility. All right, let's take a break. Let Russ Cook was the hashtag that took the league by storm early in the season. They may be taking away his cookbook. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite Lux Home Blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15. Brian Schottenheimer, a day after Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, created a vague indication no changes were going to be made. A change was made. Schottenheimer out. Gone. These tweets, uh, look, just, I mean, can we put that back up? I I, I understand that, that, I mean, the guy got fired. Brian Schottenheimer is a fantastic person and coach, and we thank him for the last three years. Citing philosophical differences, we have parted ways. You fired him. Just own it. It doesn't work anymore. He's gone. And I don't know what the philosophical differences are. This year was about placating Russell Wilson and letting – at least it started that way – letting Russell Wilson develop and flourish as a quarterback, and he did – 
through September and into October until he didn't. And I, I feel like Pete Carroll, whose head was was gradually emerging from the shell after the way things went offensively in the second half of the season, he sucked his head back into the shell, and it's going to be run the ball, run the ball, run the ball like it was in the earlier days. It's like we're no longer going to build the team around Russell Wilson. We're going to try to go back to what we had in 2012, 2013, 2014, where it was strong defense, strong running game, and quarterback who who added to these broader and more important in the eyes of Pete Carroll objectives. That's where I feel like this is going in Seattle now, and that may mean Russell Wilson isn't going to be there. Well, it, it does. It is. It seems like it's going that way by everything you hear from Pete Carroll. Definitely, it's all he knows. That's what he is. You know, that's part of being a defensive coach. Pete Carroll, again, another one of those that's you know one of the great coaches uh, of our era. You know, in the history of football, whatever you want to say, he's great. If he had one flaw, I would tell you he doesn't know how to hire offensive coordinators. That would be the issue. You know, he's never been around a great offensive coordinator yet that knows how to dice people up for four and five and eight and 10 and 25 and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, so he just goes, oh, wait, I, I don't know. When we, we try to become a passing team, it doesn't always work. Well, yeah, it doesn't work. Not because of like, you know, Russell Wilson or that. It's because, you know, Brian Schottenheimer's offense lacks creativity or schematical advantages for the football players or, you know, anything new on a weekly basis. We heard Darius Williams talk about on the pick six on the screen. As soon as he came in motion, I knew what the play was. That's been a thing in Seattle. It was the thing in the Super Bowl 49 against the Patriots. I mean, you can ask some of my friends when they lined up in that formation. I knew they were running that play. But that was Daryl Bevel, I know, but I'm just making the broader point that offense has never been creative there. It's been an issue altogether. And, yeah, the fact of how they looked at the end of the year and how some of these defenses shut down Russell the way he looked, DK Metcalf couldn't get the ball, I understand that. And Pete's going to revert back to going, whoa, my defense played good at the end of the year. Let's get better at running the ball. And I know how I got to two Super Bowls already. How about I just do that again instead of trying to do something that I've never really done, which is become the air show, you know, Don Coriel style. The real question as I see it is whether or not Russell Wilson, in a bout of self-awareness, realizes that he's better off flashing moments of high-end ability in that kind of an offensive scheme than having himself be the centerpiece because as the centerpiece, it didn't work. Now, maybe it's Schottenheimer's fault that him being the centerpiece didn't work. See, that's the other side. And these quarterbacks are That's what gonna, I would say. He's not going to show up and say, he's, he's not going to show up and say, okay, I just, okay, fine. You let me have the keys to the car and I drove it into a tree. He's going to say, the guy who designed the car didn't know what he was doing. You get me a better car designer, I'm going to drive that tr that car all the way to the championship. So th this this is why I feel like it's heading in a bad way. What, what I was told early in the year when we were talking about let Russ cook, it was let Russ cook or he's going to find a new kitchen. Well, they let him cook. It didn't work. And now I feel like what Pete Carroll is saying is the hell with this. We're going to do it my way. And that's going to set the stage for a potential showdown with Russell Wilson. And again, folks, we're just trying to get you ahead of the curve here as to where the ball is moving. And it may be moving in a direction of Wilson moving out of Seattle. And I know Seahawks fans find it incomprehensible could ever happen, although based on how he played late in the year, maybe some <laughs> won't be upset about it. But, but this move sets the stage now if they hire an offensive coordinator who's going to throw the ball all over the place and let Russell Wilson become Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers fine but that's not what Pete Carroll's going to do let's listen to Pete Carroll talking about his desire that they run the ball not just better but that they run the ball more we don't have it right now but that's what he said now we do have it Pete <laughs> Pete go ahead and play it Pete Get your crap straight, Pete. Uh, I will share this with you, that we have to run the ball better. and, and, and not, not even better, we have to run it more. And, and that's to, we have to dictate what's going on uh, with the people that we're playing, and that's one of the ways to do that. And uh, I know the fans aren't real jacked about hearing that, but, uh, um, but Russ knows it too. You know, we, we, need to, we need to be able to knock those guys into the scheme that we want to throw at, and, uh, which was happening more early in the season, and so we took full advantage of it. 
Okay, that's Pete Carroll See, talking. But about he just the said it there. The we need to knock those guys into the looks we want to throw against, right? So they're just they're basically saying, look, like we, we don't know how to figure out how to get guys open unless we just run the ball and now you have to come up and now it's one on one and our Jimmies and our Joes will beat you one on one. That's what they've become. That's what they are. You know, there's never that. You've heard me say before, Mike. You know, I, I Russell wasn't great down the stretch, but I am going to sit here and blame the offense more than I am Russell Wilson. That's for sure. You've heard me say in some of our picks pods, they waste plays. They run passes against two deep coverages where I go, I don't know. I mean, John Gruden, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, Jeff Fisher, they would tell you you'd never run this play against two deep coverage, but they would just run it and go, hey, well, figure it out, Russ, figure it out. And none of the other great quarterbacks have to do that. You know, so there's a there is there is there's been issues with that offense. And it stalled down the stretch because they played some good defenses, but played some coaches who understood how to break it down. And it's just too it's too easy of an offense to break down in Seattle, especially in the passing game. And you just saw that last week. The Rams were all over everything. And then I knew Mike, I knew the Rams were all over everything because they are a team that wants to rush four, right? We know they have that great pass rush. They started rushing five because they went, eh, we don't need the extra guy back in pass coverage. We got it locked up. We don't need it. Let's send another guy at Russ so he can't scramble and make some crazy play like he beat us with in week 16. And, yeah, there has to be adjustments there. To go to the running thing, sorry I'm blabbering, last thing, that's fine. I mean, that could work. It could make Russell happy. I mean, when you look at the top offenses in football, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers, you know, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's all about run and play action pass and throw the ball down the field. So if they can find a way to do that, Russell could be very happy in that system as well. Well, I think that for now it's a let's wait and see what occurs. Yeah. Russell Wilson is still under contract, and maybe he gives it another year before he starts thinking, is this really working? But let's get look, Pete Carroll's been a great head coach. He's getting – if not already in firm Hall of Fame conversation, pretty damn close to it when you consider his accomplishments in Seattle over the past decade. But, man, this inability to get an offensive coordinator who can maximize, who can really be creative, who can find ways to to get the ball to DK Metcalf, short of let's just run the ball and hope we can get play action and get him in a one-on-one matchup right. on the outside. Right. That that that's not that that's this gets back to my point from earlier about Robert Sala. I in this even even though there is still a, a huge significance of good defense in the NFL, and and you need to have that. I just I feel like to be successful year in and year out, you need to have an offensive head coach who's always pushing the envelope, thinking of new ways of doing things, staying ahead of the defenses. It's not the defenses that stay ahead of the offenses. It's the offenses that stay ahead of the defenses. And I think that's why it's it's critical to have someone who can do that. And if your head coach is a defensive specialist, he better have somebody there who can stay ahead of the curve offensively and not be behind the trends and the things that are working for other teams. Uh, One other thing about the Seahawks, John Schneider has signed an extension. He'll be there at least through the 2027 draft. Booyah. It was a a thing. The Lions, they were going to hire him, and they they weren't going to have to compensate the Seahawks And because he doesn't have fun to say, I'm sorry. I don't know how to put it other than to say that was baloney. Well, I got some other words that start with B, but that that just that because you know what, Chris, they still could. This new contract doesn't mean anything right. unless they've given him final say instead of Pete Carroll. If that's the standard, that's not the standard. That was that was dead on arrival. You can't hire John Schneider without basically doing a trade for John Schneider. That was never going to happen, and it still could. It still could. If the Lions really want him, it still could. And I just think that was that was aimed. I had 20 different people tell me when that story came out, this is a, a, a leverage play to get Schneider the contract he wants with the Seahawks. And he got it. All right. Well, good let's take him. a break. I'm going to read this tease as it's written because I have no idea what it means. The Rams are underdogs in Green Bay, but they should have the Terminator on their side. I'm interested. I'm interested, too. Next here on what the hell are we talking about next? <laughs> Thank you. 
with Aaron Donald. Is that a situation where you guys want to get him as, as much rest as possible this week? And then, um, you know, you're still optimistic that he'll be able to go on Saturday? Yeah, he's feeling really good. You know, we're just going to really rest him the whole week and um, be as smart as possible. I mean, he was just in there getting a workout in the weight room and he, he looked like he's feeling pretty good to me. So um, unless something unforeseen happens, Jordan, uh, the Terminator will be ready. Oh, okay. Well, we lost Florio, so it's going to be all me this segment. The Terminator will be ready to go. I'm betting on that, certainly. Aaron Donald, are you kidding me? For the Los Angeles Rams, that's big. for the. They need him healthy, ready to go. I think that's going to be a really big talking point as we go into this football game. The Rams, that Packers offense, it's one of the best in football, everything they do there. They need a guy like Aaron Donald you know, this is a Packers offense that can run it, throw it at will right now. They are a better offense than last year going into the playoffs. And the Rams, who are awesome defense, will certainly need an Aaron Donald at full strength. Hey, nice to have you back. Thanks for showing up for work. Good to be back. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I had some sort of a power outage, but we're fine now. I was just getting ready to make some sort of a smart-ass comment about Sean McVay's hair. What the hell was that? I, I don't I, I like it. He looked like jo, a grown up Jimmy Neutron initially. And then if you look at it the right way and Chris, this is before your time. Have you ever seen Close Encounters? Uh, I feel like I have. I remember the name of that. Can we put that? It, that's the thing. That's the vision that Richard Dreyfus had in Close Encounters where it was the mountain Devil's Peak or something like that, where the aliens showed up. That's the hairstyle. That's the Devil's Peak hairstyle for Sean McVay. The vision that Richard Dreyfus had in Close Encounters. I'm guessing. You've never seen. Let me tell you, if you've never seen Close Encounters, watch it today. Not right now. Watch us for the next hour, but watch it today. Okay. All right. So back to football. Thank you for that Thank movie you. review. But the I can't. You the can't, visor can't put something like that. The in front vi- of he me. had a visor on. It's not really. It's care. not that complicated. Uh, then leave More it importantly, on. Then leave it on. You can do Go your ahead. movie review show later on. But let's talk leave about Jared on. Goff and John Wolford because that's to me interesting. I mean, there it was. Jared Goff won the game on Sunday. Sean McVay has not wanted to commit still here as of Wednesday to say he's the guy. I just think that speaks volumes to they're very excited about. You know, heard some mic'd up sessions from him in the game last week about what John Wolford can do for their football team. And I think if there's a chance he can go or maybe practice, that maybe he still could be the starter there with the Rams. But I think that's very interesting to watch. Creates an interesting dynamic into 2021 and beyond, given the amount of money they're giving to Jared Goff. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 